Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network is a Moonsault Media production and is intended for private use only. For more information, contact Retromania Podcast at gmail.com. As you all know by now, Saturdays are for wrestling, and you have tuned in to Marking Out the Day's Weekend Warriors, brought to you in part by the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. I am one half of the hosting squad, the tag team of Retro Pro Wrestling Podcast, Dave Rosenbluth from Kicking Out of Two. And joining me, of course, is the man that puts it all together, the architect of this great Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network that you all are a part of. Kobe Knight, what's up, man? Hey, Dave, what's going on, man? Um, packed weekend full of wrestling in real life right now. Um, we're watching a lot of stuff and running down a lot of wrestling. Uh, it's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan, as we spoke about. Uh, June is just heating up with the summer month of wrestling. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you have you know, the, the New Japan, uh, um, the, the, what's the, the Super Juniors? Is that what it was? Yep. Best recently? of the Super Juniors. Best yep. of the Super Juniors. The, the Dominion shows coming up. Um, you know, WWE had a uh, uh, super slowdown with Undertaker and Goldberg in the main <laughs> event. Um, they're going to have um, Stomping Grounds coming up. Another stupid fucking name that um, Vince's grandchildren probably picked out of a hat at a fucking birthday party recently. Um, <laughs> yeah, for real. Very it's good. like, Declan! Declan, you get to choose the next name of the pay-per-view. <laughs> but Papa, I don't want to choose it, god damn it. Yeah. Uh, so WWE gotta... Super Soaker. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on a minute, wait a minute. You want to choose WWE Pool Party? What the hell is that? <laughs> What's a pool party? God damn it. The hell is a spot? What the hell is a pool? I got an idea. It's 2019. Let's stick with the times. How about we do the WBF championship? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think I still have Gary Stridham's phone number. Uh, USDA prime tested. No GMOs. <laughs> no GMOs at all. Or how about the girth, Dave Dirth? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, let's get ready for that, folks. Yeah, that's the timeline that we're dealing with right now. Yeah. June thirteenth, nineteen ninety two, is the actual day that we're covering for marking out the days here. Episode eight, Dave. Wow, we've come a long way. Yeah, we've come I, a long way. We've, we're, we're getting a good rhythm going with these uh, these recaps of uh, superstars and Saturday night, um, bringing us back to our childhood, remembering the good, um, not remembering some of the stuff that. Uh, that, that wasn't so good, I will say that. Uh, but overall, it's been a, you know, it's always a fun, nostalgic trip down pro wrestling memory lane with you each and every week. So Definitely. Uh, definitely looking forward to discussing this one. Hopefully, this th these two shows were, were, were better than uh, last week's, June 6th, uh, you know, we... We discussed because we didn't really, we weren't really big on those. So, uh, you know, mm. we'll, we'll, we'll find out soon enough. No, we weren't really big, but we have to choose a winner like we do every week here. And right now, WCW is in the lead 5-1 to one for WWF. That's WCW 5 episodes leading to WWF Superstars. I mean, WCW Saturday Night leading 5 
to WWF Superstars 1, and there's been one tie. Um, wow. We got a long way to go. So let's see how it goes um, the rest of this run for marking out the days here. Yeah, we're taking the long way home on that one, I'll tell you. We are. We are indeed. Um, Dave, before we get into everything and before we get into the actual day of June 13th, you want to take everybody down what's going on at Kicking Out at 2 last week, this week, and possibly next, next week. Well, last week we brought back our Trading Places series covering King of the Ring winners from 1993 to 2002. For those of you unfamiliar with the Trading Places concept on Kicking Out at 2, I take an event um, and I, uh, I take the results from, from uh, each match and I flip the results and uh, try to realistically map out the the trajectory of those uh, role reversal winners and losers. In this case, I've kind of uh, you know uh, evolved with the concept a little bit here with the King of the Ring, and I've taken the King of the Ring winners from 1993 to 2002, and I flipped the results. Had they not won King of the Ring, and their opponents who they defeated to win that crown were, would end up becoming King of the Ring. So, for instance. Let's talk uh, 1993, the first King of the Ring pay-per-view event. Bret Hart became King of the Ring, defeating Bam Bam Bigelow in the finals. Well, what if Bret didn't win and Bam Bam Bigelow was awarded the crown and ascended to the throne as the 1993 King of the Ring? We ponder that possibility from 93 all the way to 2002 on Kicking Out at 2. That was last week. This week... We brought you a special watch party celebrating the 14-year anniversary of ECW One Night Stand. My buddy Dennis Levy and I sat down. We watched that event from beginning to end on the WWE Network and a special watch party. Uh, a lot of fun there. We were talking about the... Um, the, the, our memories of ECW, the, 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 the events that transpired leading up to this reunion show in 2005, and kind of comparing mm-hmm. some, of the, um, some of the elements of ECW to what we see today with All Elite Wrestling. So be on the nice. lookout for that. That's available over in the archives at SoundCloud.com, as well as our social media, Facebook.com forward slash KickingOut2, our Twitter handle at KickingOut2, as well as the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network over on Podbean. And next week, we begin the march to Justin's holy matrimonial main event. His 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 walk down that aisle to wedded bliss. My brother's getting married in, in uh, you know the month of July, and so we're uh, we're, we're dedicating a few uh, shows surrounding my brother, who was also a big part in helping me get kicking out of two off the ground. Uh, so next week we're going to begin with. Um, the uh, uh, the Wedding Crashers countdown. We're going to discuss a top twenty of the biggest wedding crashing moments in professional wrestling history. Who loves a good wrestling wedding? I know I do, and I know that they don't all end well. So we're going to go from twenty all <coughs> the way to number one with that Wedding Crashing countdown. And and uh, Justin's going to be joining me. We'll sit down and, and and have a little fun with that in celebration of his upcoming nuptials to his uh, his fiance Laura. So that's what's going on in the world of kicking out at two. Very cool, very cool. And like you said, you can always find that on Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, any podcasting app of your choosing. Search Retromania with a W or find us on Retromania Podcast on Podbean. Just searching there on Podbean. You have our whole archive available. Um you can write to us at retromaniapodcast at gmail.com. You can join in the fun at Twitter at retromaniapodpod. 
or you can find us on Facebook. Nice little community there, following us at Retromania with a W. Always post up uh, what's coming next, some previews, some teases, uh, some fun inside stuff. Uh, just a little fun community there. And, of course, more shows coming at you once this month hits after I'm done my finals, as I spoke with everybody on the last episode. More Gaijin Wrestling Radio. More Hulkamania is dead. So all that content coming to you real soon on Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Dave, you ready to get into this day of June the 13th? Yes, I am. Let's do it, my friend. Let's do it. Let's do the squared circle. The squared circle of life. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um... Let's go with the oldest here. Um, Sunday, June 13th. Uh, wrestlers who died on this day, actually. Um, Sunday, June 13th, 1982. A wrestler who died. Baron Gatoni, who was an old school wrestler, born 1919, wrestled in the 60s and 50s and 70s. Um, it, it, just a, a wild man wrestler, if you will. Um, one of the uh, precursors to a Bruiser Brody type crazy character, okay. Baron Gatoni. Okay. Um, then we go to a wrestler who died on this day, June thirteenth, nineteen eighty-two, as well. High Chief Peter Mayavia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what can you say? The guy that you know, um, who is looked at as. Now let me ask you this: They've they've talked about it before, um, you know the Samoan dynasty with the Anawai family. Um, was he related to the Anawais, or was that a separate family? Because I know that they kind of like interlink, like uh, Rock with like Roman Reigns and some of the other Usos and some of the other Samoan guys from the Anawai family as like cousins. Was there some kind of relation there? Now right. that I'm really not sure. How does um, that tree? How, wh- wh- what's that family tree like? <laughs> oh, jeez, yeah. yeah. Don't even let yeah. Vince mention that. Oh shit, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got an idea, P-I- pal. Yeah, exactly. What, God, what, do you, what do you think if we uh, if we, uh, we 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 named you guys? You know, because your family, your, your ties, we call you Ancestry.com. Oh God. <laughs> you got a good sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> we can find out if you really are part of that bloodline that they've been talking about, pal. <laughs> yeah, more or less the uh the patriarch of the entire uh family bloodline running down through Rocky Johnson through um uh the rock as well. And I'm not sure about the relations. Okay. Um, they're probably loosely related in some way. Yeah. Um, Wouldn't surprise uh, me. I would have to look. We'd have to look that up and take yeah. a little bit of time for that. We would do that on the birthday, maybe. Okay. Yeah, that works. That works. Um, R.I.P. Peter 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 Maivia. Moving on, another wrestler who passed away. Actually, in the ring on this day, June 13th, 2009, Mitsuhara Misawa. Wow, what a terrible loss. He was actually suffered an injury in a match. Um, uh, t- 
terrible German and then just a lot of damage done to the neck over time. But Mitsuharu Masawa, the original Tiger Mask. Um, oh, wow. Okay. And um, Wasn't aware of that one. Wow. Yeah, and an original guy who um, who took over the uh, All Japan circuit and was their ace over there. And then a lot of de facto's joined him for Noah, and that was the spark of Noah. Okay. Um, joining over there. So, And uh, his last match would be in 2009, uh, teaming up against Go Shiozaki, uh, going against... Ashito Saiti and Bison Smith, but uh, yeah, he would sadly lose that contest. It would be a no contest um, due to the death in the ring. Okay. Sad moment. Yeah. R.I.P. Mitsuharu Masawa. You ready to move on with people who were born in this day? Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it with the oldest here. Another one I'll give you a little uh, rundown with. Herb Larson, born on this day, June 13th, 1927. Do you see these pictures here on the notes? I do. Yes, I do. That was very, uh, yeah, very, um, very, very, very tech savvy of you, I uh, must say. Um, really, Thank you. Really stepping it up there, my friend. Putting me to shame. But yeah, <laughs> I, I see it here. Um with that, with that infamous Sam Steamboat that we've been talking about. Exactly. Um, so, uh, n- February 4th, 1956, Blytheville, uh, Arkansas, I guess but that is. Um, it's Ramon Cronados from South America going against Herb Larson um, from, I guess it's Sweden, where he says. But it's a 90-minute limit. Uh, best two out of three falls match from 1956. Yikes. Um, long long wrestling matches around then. And then the next card there, we have May 30th, 1963, Middlesboro, Kentucky. Um, it's at the J.C. Civic Center. And it's from Thursday, May 30th. Ooh. It's Herb Larson steam- teaming up with Sam Steamboat. And they're going against Don and Al Green in a match enclosed in wire with a new referee. So there must have been some shady goings-on with the referees, some false finishes. And now, oops, I'm sorry. And now they have to get it done in wire. Interesting stuff going on in 1963 with Irv Larson, a guy from Ontario, um, just a pioneer in wrestling back in the day. You know, that old referee didn't screw Herb Larson. Herb <laughs> Larson screwed Herb Larson. Absolutely. And he will have to live with that for the rest of his life. Yeah, Herb definitely. screwed Herb. I have no sympathy whatsoever for Herb. <laughs> it is a time-honored tradition in our business. And Herb did not want to live up to that. Thank you. I rest my case. Him and Sam Steamboat, goddammit. That fucking creative control goes all the way back to the 60s. Jesus. Everyone thought Hogan cornered the market on that shit. (laughs) And Sammy Steamboat and and Herb Larson, they 
They, uh, they, 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 they wrote the book on it, sounds like. Yeah, definitely. Um, happy birthday to Herb Larson. Uh, let's go on with the next birthday here. It's Otto Wanz. Do you know about Otto Wanz? Uh, yeah, he was, um, he was one of the early NWA champions, I want to say. Early AWA champions. Oh, okay. I am mistaken. Um, I knew he was an early champion of one of the organizations. Yeah, so. straight up from Austria. Um, Bulldog. Otto is what he would be known as. He was a thick fucking dude. Yeah. Um, uh, actually, there's a match randomly with him and Yokozuna before Yokozuna is Yokozuna. He's Coquina Maximus. I was going to say, the Grand Coquina or, yeah. Coquina Maximus oh, in 1988. Okay. Oh, wow. Check that out. Check Jesus. that out if you want to see that. Uh, Otto must have been an old fuck back then. Yeah. Even yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. He cited Otto Wands as an influence to have fitness and bodybuilding. I mean, you wouldn't recognize it if you look at Otto Wands while he was wrestling, but back in the early days, uh, Otto Wands was a big dude. Uh, sadly, sometimes when you're a bodybuilder, all that muscle and mass goes to a uh, big old fat. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he, he was an AWA champion, um, you know, defeating Bachwinkle in 1982. Okay. All right. Interesting. Interesting. I yeah. All right. Otto yeah. Vons. Otto Vons. Um, good stuff there. All right. Happy birthday. And then moving on, June thirteenth, nineteen fifty-one. Antonio Pena is actually one of the co-founders of AAA. Happy birthday say, yeah. to Antonio Promoter, Pena. Right? Yes. Yes. All right. Then moving on. Happy birthday. June thirteenth, nineteen fifty-nine. Danny Fargo. He was a he was a player in the game, um, <clears throat> better known as Dan Greer as well. He teamed with Eric Embry. They were the Fabulous Blondes um, in Southern Championship Wrestling. Um, he also teamed with one man, Johnny Bam Bam Reeves, better known as the Boogie Boogie Man. Southern Championship Wrestling. Whoa. What territory was that? Was that a was that a Jarrett? Uh, this is like uh, Texas, San Antonio. Oh, Joe Texas. Blanchard. Oh, Joe Blanchard. Joe Blanchard. Okay, all right, I got you. All right. For some yeah. reason, I thought it was the Fullers or the Armstrongs. Oh no! But, but I have been. I I thought the same thing too, and I did a little research before. Yeah. But I've been listening to Ron Fuller's Studcast. Uh-huh. If you're familiar. It's actually pretty uh, informative. You can tell he's just reading his book and memoirs. But uh, it's some stuff from like the early 70s. And uh, he was a main player in the game. And uh, a lot of booking decisions and a lot of guys that he saw come through. He mentions uh, Danny Fargo as well. Okay. All right. Colonel Robert Parker. (laughs) Yeah, he he definitely doesn't sound like that on the podcast. Yeah. Oh my, my, my book yeah, house book. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to listen to that shit. But yeah. I think he's kind of funny when he did that. A lot of I, people... I think I think so too. But you yeah. couldn't listen to a whole podcast. Of course, this is uh, this is well done. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. Ron Fuller Studcast gets a plug there, everybody. There All go. right. Moving on with the birthdays, June thirteenth, nineteen sixty. Jacques Rigel Junior. 
We're not the Mounties. We're yeah. handsome. We're brave. We're strong. <laughs> My sister's <Last>. dildo <laughs> is electrifying and long. Uh, I mean, you know, wrestling in the mid 80s until the last televised match was WWF Shotgun Saturday Night. Him and Pierre Oulet, POC, who's still wrestling. Really? Going, yeah. The PCO, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, 1998 against... Uh, that was the last Bull time Bu- Shock wrestled? Yeah, Bull Buchanan and uh, Luke Poirier. No, was part that of, when they were the part Truth of Commission? The truth Commission. Okay. Do you know who the last time Jock made an appearance on television in, in wrestling was mm. um, in WCW in 2000? He was um, a guest referee in a match at a pay-per-view for... Uh, it was Lance Storm and Mike Awesome for the the United Canadian States. Canadian Rules. The Canadian Rules, yeah. And he was, he was the guest referee because they were in Vancouver um, mm-hmm. for that pay-per-view. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was the last time Jacques was, um, was part of, um, uh, anything on, uh, or you actually had an on-screen role, I should say, last time, um, in WCW. I guess his kid's trying to get into wrestling. Or his kid yeah. is already in wrestling. I don't know. Yeah, his kid is enormous. His kid hmm. is like fucking Braun Strowman. Like, his, his oh, wow. huge... Like, Interesting. He's Jacques, a big dude himself. So. Yeah, he's a big dude. So Jacques's trying to get him uh, looked at by WWE. Um, Check but, him out, Vince. Look, yeah. I'll spread him open. You can look at him. <laughs> spread him open. <laughs> I no, will I, not mount my son. I already have one French Canadian that likes me. I don't need yeah, another exactly. one. <laughs> I don't need that many Canadian friends, goddammit, pal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Jacques Rougeau, though, not a not a bad uh, utility player in the game. Um, certainly could move around in the ring and deliver on certain matches. Yeah, the Mountie, I thought, was a pretty solid character. People mm-hmm. shit on it, they get stupid. Um, but, you know, um, I thought it was pretty solid, and uh, he, he was easily hateable. I mean, even without Jimmy Hart, I think he still could have been a pretty solid character. He didn't need someone to talk for him because he was pretty... Uh, he was, he was easy to dislike. Absolutely. Happy birthday to Jacques Rougeau. Uh, moving on, the last birthday, certainly not the least, Friday, June thirteenth, nineteen sixty-nine. Glenn Ruth, otherwise known as Thrasher. Yes, from the Headbangers, and mm-hmm. uh, um, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, on the very first Shotgun Saturday Night. The Headbangers debuted as, like, the Flying Nuns. Yes. With Brother Love, which is a one-time thing. But Glenn Ruth, where did he get started? Uh, Smoky Mountain? Uh, Was he a Smoky Mountain guy? I think he was a Smoky Mountain guy. Um, The earliest stuff I have is 1990 doing enhancement stuff as Glenn Ruth. Um, And then going into... WWF as an enhancement person. Um, so I'm not sure if he ever spends any time as Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Um, let me see here. Smoky Mountain Wrestling. He was in there in 1995. So, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So they were gearing up as Headbanger Thrash and Mosh around that time. 
Um, yeah, interesting stuff though. But had a uh, had a run as an enhancement guy in WWF in the early '90s as well. So we may catch him on an episode of Superstars. Actually, no, I don't see anything listed for that. But I think we ha- dark- I think we did have him once. He was on the on an episode, a prior episode that we uh, we covered. Okay. Okay. I think I could be mistaken. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, there's a lot of stuff that we've covered, so forgive us, everybody. <laughs> um, Glenn Ruth. Uh, I, I was a fan of the th- the Mosh and Thrasher gimmick, the Headbangers. Uh, even when they had their little revival in 1998, and they finally picked up the tag team titles uh, for that little like month run. Um, it, it was nice, and then when they came back. Recently, a couple years ago, um, in WWE, that was okay. Oh but, yes, that's right. They're part of SmackDown. Yeah, the relaunch of SmackDown when the brands got uh, separated again, Jack Pal. Um, Jesus, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that that was okay, but they only had like two televised matches. But uh, you know, n- nothing to write home about. But still, um, nostalgia. Just uh. Looking back at them, seeing them in the ring at, with uh, wrestling being popular again in the uh, 2015, 16, 17 era, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any thoughts on the Headbangers or Moth or um, Yeah, they were okay. I wasn't like a super, you know, super into them. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, I thought that when they split them up, and they turned um, Mosh into the 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 Beaver Cleavage character. Uh-huh. I thought that was stupid. Yeah. And then when they went back to the Headbangers, it was you know nothing nothing to write home about. So I mean, yeah, yeah, eh. Uh, happy birthday, Glenn. Yeah. Sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that uh, I don't care about what you did in wrestling. I mean, you know. <laughs> You know, I mean, like, if you haven't heard this show by now, Glenn Ruth, you you should know that we shit on dead people on their birthdays too when it when it's called for. Um, yeah. So so don't feel so, so be special. Glad you didn't die. Yeah, be glad you didn't die. Um, and just remember that you know you're still alive. Hopefully you're healthy and uh, you're healthy enough to hear the fact that we didn't give a shit about you. So there you go. There you go. All right, moving on with the day. You ready to get into the actual day of June thirteenth? <laughs> Yeah, let's do it, please. Let's do it. (laughs) WWF Superstars starting out in the morning. This week, we're from Lexington, Kentucky, uh, the horse capital of the world. And uh, the horses are in the starting lane, McMahon, says Mr. Perfect. The track is ready, and we got a bunch of thoroughbreds. And speaking of thoroughbreds, the WBF Championship is also going down tonight, live so the WBF Championship is going down on pay-per-view live tonight, Saturday, going against WCW. Hmm. Interesting stuff. Competition, competition. Yeah. Uh, um, even though the WBF isn't that much of competition at all. Yeah, yeah the WBF is... Oh, well. But, yeah, they... Uh, <laughs> I mean, um, close the show... Um, how many people were really interested in the WBF based on the uh, the, the, the pay-per-view buys it did um, that they had to plug it on the wrestling show? We kind of talked about it on last week's show, how they, they didn't, you know, 
the bodybuilding world probably didn't take Vince seriously, so Vince needed to make sure that his wrestling fan base took his bodybuilding seriously. Um, yeah. You know, and so he's got to plug it any chance he gets, and even if that means he's got to go up against, uh, you know, a, a cable show for free on uh, WCW, um, you know, he, he'll have to do that just to get his project over, so... Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Perfect and Vince McMahon have so many horse puns here at the intro here. I'm like, nay, nay, I can't take anymore. Uh, shut the fuck up, guys. Yeah. I think the writing is bad now. Check it out then. Uh, we're going to see Macho Man, Nails, The Ultimate Warrior, Shawn Michaels, and Kamala all in this episode. Woo! Let's get into it with the first racist gimmick. <laughs> Tatanka down to the ring. Uh, his opponent, Barry Horowitz. Man, nothing to see here. Tatanka wins with a Samoan backdrop. That's not a Native American backdrop. He's still undefeated, folks. Nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, Tatanka was... Uh, you know, still had that issue with the model at the time, um, and they were they were kind of you know discussing that. But um, you know he was he was on the rise, man. Nineteen ninety two, Tatanka was like you know that rookie that that rookie of the year, um, and just kind of mowing through everyone. This was uh, nothing to write home about, but it it, it showcased um, you know Tatanka's ability and as well as his popularity too, because people were into him. Um, we go to update with Mean Gene. He pimps the WWF merchandise catalog. Oh, that's cool. They show a sweet Ultimate Warrior t-shirt that's around at the time. And speaking of the Ultimate Warrior, we get a recap of Papa Shango and Ultimate Warrior. The whole situation with Papa Shango putting a curse on Ultimate Warrior. Then the Ultimate Warrior has a promo about Papa Shango. And, uh, but I can't focus because, uh. Ultimate Warrior has razor burn all over his body. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, I, I wasn't keeping Sorry. track of uh, his shaving techniques, uh, but I'm glad that you did. Did he use yeah. hair, by the way? I I don't think so. I think he just used like a old razor that was sitting around because his his chest, his neck, his midsection was all lit up. You know what I was looking at? Yeah. Uh, Rest in peace to the uh, first layer of skin. That's why everyone thought the Ultimate Warrior died. Because of that layer, the skin, that's why. New skin, baby. We solved the case. We solved the case. That's why everyone thought this motherfucker was dead, because he overshaved his body. That's why he lost all that skin and all that muscle, and he had to wear the singlet for a while. Noah, I knew we were onto something with this show. Yes, fucking cracking the case, man, like a couple of fucking <laughs> detectives. Seriously, some wrestling CSI type shit right there. Thank you, right there, man. Yeah, we are. Thank we're, you. We're That's what it. we're doing yeah. here. That's what we try to. Oh, we strive man. to do that. Here, Jesus Christ. But yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so this this oh. motherfucker had razor burn because he didn't know how to use. Um, a razor to shave his body. I was paying attention to his colored face paint. Um, yeah, okay, so I mean, no razor nice burn too. there. But, um, you know, that was that was what I was focusing on. Um, a third week in a row, we got a Papa Shango recap. Um, how many times are you going to show us that he's fucking cursed the Ultimate Warrior? I was kind of over that one. Yeah. <laughs> 
Me too. Uh, but as we've talked, it's a different time, yeah, so everybody true. needs to be reminded. And if you might have missed yeah. it, get a little peek. And, Silly me. That's why these things stay ingrained with us. Like right now, you're never going to remember what happened with Dolph Ziggler and uh, Kofi Kingston at the Return to the Jetta. Um, <laughs> so, you know, the I mean, you're not going to remember Jetta. that shit. So you're going to fucking you're gonna sit there and it's super slow you're gonna down. Be like, what? Yeah, yeah. You're going to be like, what happened at that super slowdown? Because they didn't nail us in the head with it week after week after week with little recaps. <laughs> oh, my God. Return of the Jetta. Oh, shit. Yeah, of course. May the force. There can be only one. May the force be had you. I mean, be with you. <laughs> yes, exactly. It gives a whole new meaning to Braun Strowman's "Get these hands." Oh shit! They will fucking chop them off. Hey man, easy. All right. Take it, take it easy. We might have some some listeners over there in Saudi Arabia. We don't need Sorry. to fuck. You know, Sorry. You know we don't we don't need any of them fucking coming over here or you know no putting a putting a a, a shutdown on this podcast. You know, absolutely not. Yeah. No, we don't. We like you guys over there. Uh, Send us a postcard, please. We do. I, actually, I I was happy the fans in the crowd. Real real talk. I I just got done watching the event. I was happy for the fans because they these ones actually enjoyed the show. You could tell that they were wrestling fans. It wasn't just a bunch of people that got uh, brought there. Yeah, they didn't have they like changed 400 the, uh, Sheikh Abdul's sitting in the fucking recliners and their lazy boys in the front row like they did the last on two their cell phone. Yeah, on their yeah. cell phones the whole time. Um, I didn't watch the show, but I will say that um, the uh, I saw a clip of the Battle Royal and when the, 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 the kid Mansoor um, Mansoor, Mansoor who came out of nowhere and fucking won. and the place went crazy. You could see the little kids crying that like their their home countrymen yeah. like won. Like it was some serious shit over there. I was like, all right, that's pretty cool. I can get behind that. Yeah, you could tell that there was fans. They were cheering along with the wrestling as well. They were into yeah. it. Um, that's the only thing I will say about it. Let's get into 1992. Yeah, please. Though. Let's see. Yeah, let's not talk about the fucking. The, 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 the <laughs> radical politics that WWE has embroiled themselves in by fucking taking this blood money by all means that's for another t another show for another day but yeah, yeah. let's continue um, we go to Greg Brown and the way his fucking name was spelled G-R-A-I-G I saw that I've never seen Greg spelled like that before you know how Vince is I bet you it was spelled regular and he was just like change it Change it, goddammit. Yeah. I want G-R-A-I-G. But that's not how you spell it. I don't care, goddammit. You want that $500 for your job duties? <laughs> uh, he's going to come out to face Shawn Michaels with Sherry. And we get a picture-in-picture -picture promo. Uh, There's no one as good-looking as you, Shawn says, Sherry. And he says, you know something? You don't have the looks like me, Hitman. But you do have something I want. And it's the Intercontinental Championship. So he's going to be coming up for that. And Vince says, what a matchup that will be wrestling-wise. Yeah, because you haven't had some fucking good wrestling-wise matches besides Ric Flair and Macho. <laughs> so, uh, what other kind of matchup think, was Vince, Vince expecting out of these two? I don't know. I don't know. Were like, they supposed to compete in like the juniors division of the WBF uh, pay-per-view later that night? You know? Posing-wise. Yeah, Posing-wise, yeah. We got the boy toy and the hitman. 
Shawn Michaels wins this match easily with a suplex. Yuck, what a ugly finish. I hated that finisher. Hated it. Then we go to the event center with Sean Mooney, and we hear from the repossessor, as he calls him. Just call him fucking Repo Man. Uh, he Repo Man <laughs> is coming for the British Bulldog. There, All right. Buddy, huh? Where the fuck is British Bulldog, and where the fuck is this feud going? Yeah, it's just they. It seems like they they've kind of they showed that um, that that hanging from a few weeks prior, um, where Repo Man hung Bulldog yeah, really. by the rope, um, and then uh, Repo Man's been on TV ever since. And Bulldog's nowhere to be found. I mean, I don't know if he's selling the injuries or uh, you know if uh, pumping the steroids. Yeah, you know, if he's got a needle stuck in his ass and Warlord's or trying to smoke and crack. I think he's smoking crack. He's fucking that's He's fucking on. He took my fucking towel. Well, yeah, in Brett's book, he will talk about the upcoming SummerSlam match. Uh, Bulldog is experiencing some moments here with uh, Jim the Anvil Nightheart smoking a lot of crack. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Very nice. All right. Moving on. Speaking of smoking a lot of crack, Carrie Von Erich. <laughs> Pulling no punches today, buddy. Jesus, man. He says, sometimes sometimes you lose priorities in your goals. My goals are straight now, and I dedicate it to my life, my family, Jesus Christ, and I'm coming for the top. Okay, we'll see how long you can hang up there. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, no, no, he said Jesus Christ, not you. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's his gimmick. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> All right. He's a foot ahead of me. Ooh, see what I did oh. there. All right. Damn, dude. <laughs> Back from a commercial, and some Holy kid shit. is chowing. <laughs> sorry. You ready? No, this you is ready? great. Because this roller coaster doesn't end. Back from a commercial, and some kid is chowing down on Sensational Queen Cherry. Mm, <laughs> ice cream. I mean, I would love to be that kid. Yeah, Sherry Lowkey probably has some crazy pussy, I bet. For yeah, real. I'm sure. Mm, yeah. Oh, dig it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Dig a you dick know. in a dive. They used to take the underwears off, uh-huh. They used to talk back to me before I even stuck my Slim Jim in there, uh-huh. <laughs> you ever heard of Sherry's Berries? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't call her Scary Sherry for nothing, uh-huh. <laughs> Boy, you think Beefcake found out first, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so then he tagged me and then- in. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Where's um, the napkins for this fucking kid that was eating this ice cream? Okay, where's his parents? I know. Right? You know I mean, you let your you let your nine year old humiliate himself, fucking stuff. It's nineteen ninety two. Just wipe it on your fucking shirt. Yeah, the shirt that you just paid thirty dollars for that fucking says Virgil on it or whatever the fuck the kid was wearing a bushwhacker hat. And can and can we talk about how he's eating an ice cream cone that's a Queen Sensational Sherry? Like that's like two years old. You know, that gimmick? Yeah. So, uh, I, don't, I don't know. You know, WWF still not keeping up with they the st- They still thing. need to bring back those ice cream bars. That was the smartest thing CM Punk ever said in his entire career. Everything else that fucking guy can go. I think they briefly did. But, they need to bring uh, those I don't back. Know what those happened. were the best, yeah. man. But I never. And New Day wanted that, too. I never, never ever, happened. ever got the guys I wanted. I always got, like, Coco Beware or Hillbilly Jim 
or fucking Jimmy Hart. I never got a like a Ricky Steamboat or a Macho Man or a Jake the Snake. I always got the fucking losers. <laughs> yeah, I remember those. I'm like, give me a good, good times, one. You know, give me a fucking good one. I don't want to eat Hillbilly Jim all the time. And fucking. How about the Pat the Patterson? Vince, I went down to the uh, factory and put something special in each of Vince, them. Vince, I, uh, Vince, I, so they, so I, I, I got the new job. I'm gonna drive the ding dong cart. <laughs> a new job. I got a new job. I'm gonna, you know, when I'm not, when I'm not booking your territory and, and saving you from, <laughs> uh, from, from, uh, you know, the federal government, I'm going to, uh, I'm gonna drive the ding dong cart. You know, the, the ice cream truck, and then, you know, I'm gonna throw out the ice cream with the white cream in the middle. You know, the the white stuff, the good, the pat juice. You know what I mean? The the yeah, you know, milk the milky flavor. You know what I mean? It's got a little French Canadian flair to it, but I'm going to give it out to all the little boys and maybe the girls too, but mostly the boys because I like the boys, as you know. Um, you know, and I sell cigarettes on this ding dong cart too, but I probably smoked them all anyway. So you know, uh, if not, I've smuggled them to Dino Bravo, and then he gets shot in the back of the fucking head. But hey, up out of peace. <laughs> Jesus Christ, hey man! If, you were, if you're going, this might there, be I'm our last there. episode. Yeah, right. All right. Yeah. If you're going there, I'm going with you, pal. Very <laughs> cool. Thank you. We're like Thelma and Louise. <laughs> um, the rest of this episode is pretty good, though. Uh, we get Vince talking about a Cuban immigrant who wants the streets paved with gold, and here is Razor Ramon. Ooh. I come from the gutter. I know that. I got no education. Who needs it? Look at me. Look at me. Look at the gold. Look at my clothes. I'm a success. I come to the WWF, and all I want is coming to me, the world, Chico, and everything in it. Sweet stuff. Yeah, that was good. That was a good way to debut him. I liked it. I liked it. I know. Yeah. I know. And uh, we had just recently seen the Diamond Stud, so. That's right. Weeks. That's weeks, right. Weeks. Weeks. Yeah, that is correct. You are correct. Yeah. And you know the funny thing is? I it re- is just like 1996 when he jumps ship. Yeah. He is weeks within television. Yeah, TV and, and yeah. You know, you're, you're exactly right. And this was another, like, situation where, like, um, as a kid, my, my, my casual wrestling friends that watched wrestling um, when, you know, their parents allowed them to, uh, they were like, who's this guy? Who's this Razor Ramon? I was like, that was the diamond stud in WCW there. Like, the who? Like, I used to love getting the scoop on all my friends because I watched, I didn't just watch WWF, I watched everything else. So, um, right. yeah, it was pretty cool. But I thought this was a good vignette, good way to debut them. And, uh, yeah, you know, was, that they need more of that now in today's wrestling. Absolutely. They need more of that now. Give me a vignette, not fucking just th- not just throw the guy out there on TV and expect us to give a shit. Yep. Um, then out is the natural disasters to go against the executioners, who are probably Dwayne the Gill and Barry the Hardy. Well, that's actually significant to his name, Barry the Hardy. Yeah, go out there and fucking kill the guy. <laughs> <clears throat> Then uh, we get a side-by-side of the WWF magazine with the warrior on the cover. Man, this looked like a great magazine. It looked, like, memorable to me. I swear to God, I'd seen it before. Um, It was just the warrior's face, you know? 
Yeah, the, the yeah. color scheme where, like, the paint, you know, it's got all the colors and everything else is black and white. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. Squish, squish, slam, toss, a double squish, earthquake, squishes, and then typhoon splashes. One, two, three. Natural disasters win. Okay. Yeah, nothing to write Moving home on. about with that one. Yeah, not at all. Some fighting back from the executioners, which was the Dwayne Gill spot from a couple weeks ago, as he was somebody else. So uh, we go to Sean Mooney in the event center, and he tosses to the Skinner talking about summertime's coming up, and it's nice and hot, and he's going to go against Crunch or Crush. I'm thinking the same thing. Me too. Yeah, who the fuck is that guy? Anyhow, uh, everybody wants me. Here I am, baby. Really? Everybody wants you? Okay. Uh, The Undertaker and Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer says, The Undertaker has chosen his victims carefully in the WWF, and it has become his personal burial ground. Mm, Yes. And then The Undertaker says, The Berserker, you've come to my side, the dark side. And once you come in, you can never leave. Sounds just like the Papa Shango promo, but kind of reiterated for The Undertaker. And we talked about it before. Why didn't The Undertaker and Papa Shango start feuding? I don't think everybody was as high as we are on the Papa Shango train. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I know that, like, I know that they did some tag matches in the live events with uh, Undertaker and Ultimate Warrior against Papa Shango and Berserker. Um, but oh, ooh. I, yeah, I've seen some videos of like the like the green screen promos of um, of uh, you know Warrior and Undertaker with Paul Bear um, doing it against uh, you know I think Shango and Berserker. You know what? I think I'm wrong. I'm sorry. What I'm wrong. Pairing, though. I okay. I am wrong. They didn't. They they. Undertaker and Warrior tagged together, but it wasn't against Berserker and Shango. It was against Nails and Kamala. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because I've seen some of those green screen event center promos from both teams. Um, but I could be mistaken. Maybe someone out there might know and want to look it up. Um, there's actually this pretty cool page on Twitter um, that has, like, all these, like, unreleased, like, clips of... Um, of like old WWF stuff and some of those promos as well. It's called at masked wrestlers. And, um, I follow it on Twitter and they got some of the, they got some of the most interesting stuff. Um, in terms of like old video footage, like there's a video that I am currently looking at right now. Um, that the, uh, that the, the page retweeted of Virgil from his days in Memphis wrestling when he was soul train Jones, um, oh my God! Yeah, he had like, when he was rumbling in the jungle. That's right, when he was rumbling in the jungle with Papa Shango. Um, yeah, and still having trouble reading. Dumb motherfucker. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wait, what was his name in Memphis again? I think it was Soul Train Jones, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Um, yeah, I follow. I follow Virgil. I'm, Illiterate Jones. Yeah, I know. I know. Right. Uh, I um, I follow Virgil on uh, Instagram. And uh, he's um, God bless you. He's quite the entertaining one, I, I will say. Um, he is. Yeah, uh, he's, uh, he's 
Man, I'll tell you. Now, is it his real account? Because there's an account on Instagram that I follow where it's a joke Virgil account where he posts pictures with guys that look like wrestlers and he thinks that they're the wrestlers. Uh, he had one that with some two kids that look like the Young Bucks, and he's like, fuck yeah, this is the future. Like, talk No, like no, it. no. It's so, it's so funny. No, but th- he does um, joke around on his social media pages where he's like, um, you know, he'll, he'll post a picture of, like, you know, his time in the NWO, and he'll just be like, you know, it's like a picture of, like, him and, like, Hulk or whatever, and he'll just be like, um, he goes, yeah, this was after me and Hulk sat down. We talked about who was the next member to join the NWO. Like, he'll say some dumb shit, but, like, I know well, he's, this like... This is after he called me the N-word. What's that? No. This is after he <laughs> called me the N-word. <laughs> and I told him it was no problem. <laughs> Because <laughs> exactly. I'm ready to go He's to slashed. the top. <laughs> I'm ready to I'm ready to rumble in the jungle. Even though jungle. you just said I came from the jungle, I'm ready to rumble in that jungle with you, Hulk. You know what I mean? I know you said, and I. Well, never mind. <laughs> but yeah, that site sounds like a, a cool site, though. I like stuff that um, I like, like the tug of war video or tug of war photo shoot. That's uh, elusive. That Brett talks about that. M- probably never existed at the tug of war photo shoot of him and hawk hogan i like stuff like that like the uh the events that could have been now have you have you have you ever seen that before no i've not see i've never seen that picture before it's, ne- it's ne- i've never seen it come out and i remember um i think they covered i think on something to wrestle when they covered wrestlemania 9 um they were talking that came up um as you know, part of the talking point where Brett had said that Hogan promised him the title or whatever, and the whole miscommunication, and they, I think Conrad asked Bruce straight up, he's like, "Did you ever do a photo shoot with you know hyping Brett and Hogan for SummerSlam?" And Bruce was like, "No." It's like that never happened. He goes, "That's the best of my knowledge." He goes, "Hogan was done after King of the Ring. He was going to do the live events in July for the European tour, and that was the end of it." So, yeah. so never saw. Um, Never saw uh, that picture before ever. I've seen people like, um, like Photoshop makeshift pictures of Brett and Hogan with the SummerSlam logo and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, yeah, never saw the, um, never saw any of that. So yeah, who knows if that was even real or not? Yeah, who knows if we ever got the uh, Undertaker and Papa Shango? We'll have to look that up a little closer to detail. Um, Moving on with WWF superstars, it's the Mountie. Oh Happy birthday with Jimmy and Dilly going against Bill Kobe. Who the fuck? Who? I know, right? That must have yeah. taken you by surprise, huh? K O B Y, though. I'm the C O B Y. Okay. Well, okay. Anyhow. Thanks, Vince, for at least... It threw me off a couple times during the match because he's like, and Kobe can't get up. And I'm like, shut up, Vince. Shut up. Don't talk about me. We have a picture-in-picture promo with Sergeant Slaughter talking about nothing means much to the Mountie, but it won't mean much to him when he gets his hands on the Mountie. Okay, sweet. Boy. A drop kick from the Mountie, a beautiful drop kick, and he wins with the drop kick. Okay. Uh, and then he unlocks his shock dick stick, um, 
And do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Oh my God, he says that over and over and over and over again. Um, and then he threatens Bill Kobe, and Bill says, you're the man, you're the Mountie. And then he finally runs off, and the Mountie asks for his music to be played again. And he is just heating it up here in the building. I'm sure the fans are loving it. Yeah, this was, um, I mean, this this was okay, but, you know, it's just more of the same it's, of what we've it's seen. It's the Mountie. Yeah, but exactly, yeah. It's more of the same of what we've seen from the Mountie. And then we get Vince McMahon. The WBF shoots off their big cannons Again? in my mouth. Uh, yeah, the same freaking promo that we've seen the Wait last minute, two Vince. weeks. Who he, said, he changed. Who 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 shot the cannon in your mouth? You know I'm the only. Why didn't you tell me? I was had the cannon ready to go. You just had to call me. I have the cellular phone on the ding dong cart. You know, with the ice cream. You call me up and I, I I put the cart away and then yeah, you know I come over and I shoot the cannon right in your mouth. You know what I mean? I want to. I want to thank Patterson, who has been so hands-on with the WBF. Oh, yes. I mean, very. he's really fucking jerking everybody off. He's hands-on. Yeah, very, 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 very hands-on. You know, I, I book all the finishes, um, even the ones on the face. Um, <laughs> you know, I... Yeah, it's the same promo from the last two weeks for the WBF, but he changes the date, so he must have done three back-to-back-to-back to, back to, back to uh, pimp this out. Okay, then we go to a commercial and come back to an empty arena with the foreground being Macho Man Randy Savage, the WWF champion, and Mean Gene Oakland. And uh, Mean Gene says, you kind of bend the rules and, uh, you know, the way you won the WWF championship at WrestleMania. And uh, Macho Man says, it is what it is. Uh Mm Mm-hmm. I, like I ex- bent the rules. I like this explanation, and, uh, though. Yeah, he, he you know, he, uh, looking at him, though, I got swept away. He has beautiful eyes. <laughs> there are some beautiful blue Easy eyes. over there, Patterson. I know, but I was like, <laughs> wow, damn, I never got that close to Macho Man before. You never really get him, like, staying still or not having the glasses on. He's got some beautiful that's, blue uh, eyes, everybody. Yeah, that's a good point, okay. yeah. That's a good point, yeah. Don't tell Lanny. No, I won't. Sorry. Sorry, genius. Make a nursery rhyme out of it, you know? He's sucking himself off yeah. already. Uh, that's how he had to fight. He had to vie for attention somehow. Um, Macho Man says he does what he has to do. Um, he's going against dirty guys, and he does the dirty stuff. And like you said, if he goes against a technical guy, he'll go against him technically. But if it's the dirtiest player in the game, he's going to be dirty too. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. It made sense. It was a good explanation. I liked it. It, it really did. But where the fuck was... Shut to the heart and oh, you're yeah. to blame. Bon Rick Flair, I'm going to bring you down. And don't you forget it. Anything in this world, I take you to the grave, Lex Luger. Well, I mean, no, sorry. He didn't say that. And then Macho Man says he'll do whatever he wants, including breaking the rules to keep the WWF championship. And then finally he says, Ric Flair, I am the WWF champion, and that's the bottom line. Whoa, what? Stone Cold Steve Savage? Yeah. Wow. Imagine that. Stone Cold Steve Austin at this time going against Savage. As his foil. Macho cold Randy Austin. What? Oh, yes. Yeah. But, I mean, in 1992, they could have brought in, uh, you know, stunning 
Steve to go against Macho That'd Man. That'd have been a pretty cool little setup. Yeah. But a perfect promo from Macho Man here. I loved him as the champion. We didn't get it very long, you know, for each time that he was a champion, but they are uh, memorable moments nonetheless. Yeah, I, um, I, I'm a big macho guy, so, you know, anytime he was a champion it was in, a, in a top spot, I relished it. Um, even though I was a, a, a macho guy, uh, I was still a Hogan guy, so I was kind of like holding out hope that we'd get a Mega Powers reunion again. Um, maybe Hogan mm. would come back and kind of help Savage with his issues with Flair and Mr. Perfect, but this was a good Savage promo. Um, like I said, liked his explanation, short and sweet, didn't drag out, but uh, you know, let you know that uh, he's not done with Flair yet. Absolutely. Then we go to Harvey Whippleman. He announces Kamala and Kim Chi out to the ring. They're set to go against Dale Wolf, and some kid is scared as heck, I guess, of Kamala. Kamala's pretty intimidating as a kid, um, but yeah. Splash, and he rolls the guy around a couple times, and then he finally gets him the right way. Kamala pins Dale Wolf, one, two, three. Vince says, Kamala covering his opponent like a giant black lion. <laughs> Where the fuck are black lions? <laughs> you fucking asshole. You could tell Mr. Perfect was just like, uh. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, dude. I know. I know. That's what we're here for. A giant black lion. Oh, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> You know, recently I got into an argument with someone on a on a on a group page on social media, um, and uh, the guy said that like Vince was like low key a racist because uh-huh. you know because I forget what his ex because he listened to our show. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I know, right? I should have told him that too, but. Um, uh, so he said Vince was like a low-key racist. Um, and I believe part of that... He said Vince was a low-key racist because he gave Kofi the belt. I was like, uh. so... <laughs> that's the nicest thing. So that's like saying that fucking Bill Watts gave Ron Simmons <laughs> the belt in 92, which we'll cover later on in this in this journey here on Market Up Days Weekend Warriors, yes. um, because he's a racist as well. So, yes. yeah, you know, so if you're a racist promoter, you're just going to give your championship to your, your, the, the, the ethnicity that you hate. Um, yes. Yeah. He was like, you know, he only gave Kofi that belt cause he's uh, low, Vince is low key racist. I was like, you know what? Delete your fucking account, man. You don't need, you don't need a social media <laughs> for real. Yeah. Like, come on. But yeah, black lion. All right. Now that, now that I got that off my chest, like. He might be kind of right, Vince is a low-key racist. Oh, he is. He's just so... Well, the thing is, it's... He just does not see anybody else's story or struggle or anything. He doesn't relate to anything else um, but wrestling in his wrestling-centric way, you know? Yeah. 
Um, that's the way I see it. Um, okay, moving on. Undertaker on the cover of Spotlight magazine. Jesus Christ, they got three fucking magazine publications going around right now. I think Spotlight was only um, put out for the uh, the live events, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, it was like the, okay. it was like their version of like the programs. Um, gotcha. So you couldn't get a subscription of it. You could only get it at the live events when you would go. Um, and I gotcha. think eventually they they made them available to order like via mail. Like you just get it. Like you know you could pick an issue and you you pay for it. Like but you wouldn't get like a okay. a monthly subscription like you would for the WWF magazine. Gotcha. Okay. Oh shit! It's racist gimmick number one hundred and forty-eight. <laughs> Tito Santana, El Matador, going against Mike Samples. Uh, we get a picture-in-picture picture promo of El Matador saying he wants Danny Badea, the Giant Killer, to win the WBF Championship. Oh fuck! Sorry about your luck, Tito. Man, because there's a couple girls in the crowd that are like, "Oh my God, it's Tito! It's Tito!" Man, yeah, they killed him. He wins with a flying jalapeno. Oh Yikes. come on, really? Uh, uh, come on, Jesse. That's a conspiracy. <laughs> it's every time I eat his goddamn tacos, they make me sick. Um, okay. Then why do you keep eating them, Jesse? Yeah, that was the old racist bit from Jesse Ventura. Yeah, Jesse Ventura was yeah was his character on, on Hit. TV. Another low key, uh, low key bigot. That was funny. Uh, then we go to a commercial and back with the big boss man on the phone, and he's with Mister Perfect. <laughs> big boss man says he's going to come back, and they show these pictures. These look brutal. Am I right? Oh yeah, and this is what I was talking about um, a couple weeks yes, ago, where it said like I got the magazine. They showed the pictures. It was like yep. it was fucking brutal, man, and it looked like those were the like... makeup was great. Oh yeah, it was absolutely. Oh, they did a great job. They spared no expense uh, when it came to uh, selling this beating. Even the shots around the knee, it looked like, uh, you know, he had been struck there. I don't know. Maybe some had been, like, welts that they had just uh, heightened mm -hmm. the uh, heightened the look of. Yeah. But, yeah, Big Boss Man says he's going to come back, and Mr. Perfect says, he's even more stupid than I thought, and just hangs up on him. <laughs> nice interview. I fucking loved that. I cracked up. I loved it when that. he was like, B Big Boss Man, this is Mr. Perfect. Don't hang up on me. <laughs> he started yeah. it off just it's like, I'm, I'm a trained journalist. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was I thought it was good stuff, yeah. And Vince just kind of let it all happen, yeah. Uh, I loved when Vince, like, if we were to see Vince's facial reactions during this, I'm sure it would be perfect. Because when he's like, huh, pun intended, it would be perfect. Anyhow, uh, so yeah, when he's like the side character and he, you know, he's written it, he at least he's part, you know writer of that script yep. or that story of the dialogue you can tell he reacts and he's just like what the hell who what the hell? like he's perfect <laughs> with his own dialogue yeah but you it, know i'm uh, you can visualize the facial expression oh, yeah. right there by yeah. me doing absolutely that. Yeah. yeah oh yeah for he's sure the man he's the man uh probably one of my favorite tv characters of all time vince mcmahon all right then we go to the ring with ron cumberledge who's going against his opponent, Nails. Wait, 
he already got a match and a contract. This is a fucking convict that just beat up one of your wrestlers. Yeah, don't background checks Vince. take a little while. Vince. Okay, whatever. Uh, Nails just chokes the guy, grabs his face. This is his M.O. for a match. He beats him down, knees him in the face, gives him a clothesline, and he wins with a choke, and uh, I guess that's a submission. And then he grabs the boss man's nightstick and chokes Ricochet's dad's out, dad out. Um, that's, didn't he look like Ricochet's dad? A little bit, yeah. He looks like... Ron Cumberland. Yeah, he looked like, he looked like... Ron Cumberland looked like Ricochet's dad owned a gold's gym. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, the fans are cheering for Big Boss Man! Big Boss Man! That's the first time we've heard that. For a long time yeah. um, nails poses and two people come out two fucking people that is with a gurney to help out Ron O'Shea who was, was one of them uh, J.J. Dillon no it was like some guy with a, like a short haired mullet like I don't know okay yeah no J.J. Dillon at all no Rene Goulet Joey Morella no Rene Goulet no yeah it was like the B team of gurney guys <laughs> the gurney guys they're like yeah <laughs> Um, then we go to Sean Mooney who tosses to Papa Shango Shango says Ultimate Warrior I want you to become my zombie my troll wow the powers of Papa Shango are running wild beware beware of Papa Shango sweet yeah there we go with the uh, the, the shock master again yeah, but what if Ultimate Warrior was his zombie? Kind of be a cool storyline. We almost got that with uh, the Jake the Snake and uh, Undertaker. What if Jake the Snake was possessed by the Undertaker or something, you know? That would have been pretty cool. I'd have gotten behind that. Yeah. Um, we go with the LOD and Paul Ellering, and they have the same exact promo from last week cut in. Okay, and then next week we'll have Crush, Paul Bear, The Undertaker, Money Inc., LOD, Papa Shango, and who knows what evil lurks. WWF Superstars, everybody, the show that stays the same but kind of changes uh, here and there. I don't know. It seems like we're we're on a we're spinning our wheels until we get to SummerSlam. I think. Yeah, more holding patterns. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know. It's small stuff here and there, but it's 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 that time period. Yes, it's a weekly show. What do you expect? It's an hour long. Um, hopefully, we'll get longer matches as the year goes by. The, hopefully, they'll learn to pipe us in with some more wrestling centric stuff. Or give us Vince like a main met- event, you know, like kind of. Like yeah, this- he mentions the stuff with like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart wrestling wise. Yeah. Uh, he knows that people want it, and they talk about it in this coming episode of WCW Saturday Night, the difference between the cartoon stuff and the wrestling. Is it is it me, or um, at least when it comes to um, uh, WWF superstars, I feel like they use the same guys each and every week over and over again. Like, there's not, like, I feel like their roster was bigger at that time, or, or am I just mistaken? No, I think their their roster was dwindled down. They cut back a lot after the lawsuits uh-huh. and after uh, Vince had to go against the New Jersey um, 
board and say that it was sports entertainment oh, and yes, not wrestling. Right. And he basically had to admit that wrestling was fake. Yep. And then the steroid case, and they cut back a lot. They lost a lot of money right now. And this is the storyline going into this episode of WCW with Bill Watts coming into play and being the president. To flash forward a bit, uh, they are like the old school mindset of, man, this is fucking wrestling. Vince is ruining the goddamn business. Y'all want wrestling? Stay over here. Um, so it, it, it's, it gets very interesting, very hairy around this time. Um, so the, the roster is very slim, but you're right. They, they could, they could stagger it a little differently. You know, we could have the LOD wrestle against the Beverly brothers every now and then. I know they're building up to that match, but not like a complete match, but give give me something like WCW. We saw a DQ finish. Yep. You know? Oh yeah. You know, I think I think that's what they lacked was like, like you know, superstar competitive main event quality matches um, on that show as to as opposed to what WCW was doing at the time. Yes, absolutely. Um, you ready to get into WCW Saturday Night? I am, my friend. Let's do it. <clears throat> Let's do it. Six oh five live. Not really. Presented in the most complete version that it can be due to technical difficulties. Did you have any problems with watching yours? No, it was just a shorter condensed version. So I wonder if there was, I wonder. It's 41 minutes. 40, but I wonder I, if it was I, intended I was, to be like a 90 minute show. Like we've, <clears throat> like we've been covering the last few weeks and they had to cut some stuff out and just kind of um, chop it up a little bit and put it, you know, put it together. And it was like a real quick one hour deal. Yeah, not sure myself, but I, I know a couple of the scenes that I saw, like the tape looked terrible as fuck. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, the first match. So, uh, the first yeah, match. Yeah, I'm did, not sure yeah. if that was it. Um, and then a couple times, uh, my picture just looked distorted. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, the top of the episode, we start off with a recap of Wrestle War 1992, the match between the Steiners beating the Japanese team of Tetsuji, Tetsumi Fujinami and Tayuyuki Aiska, uh, who recently retired. Fujinami is a Japanese legend as well, went against Ric Flair um, um, later next year, mm-hmm. uh, I think would go against Ric Flair. Uh, this is a great match. This is the match where I told no, you where... Um, wrestled the year before. Oh, sorry. The year before. Super Brawl. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There you go. So, uh, I mean, a legend. Yep. Legends here. But the Steiners are uh, maybe the best tag team in the world at the time, oh, in my opinion. Without question. Um, this is the match where I told you that uh, if you go back and watch it, if we would have watched the whole Wrestle War 1992, uh, we, we would have seen... It's a fucking it's Rick stiff. Steiner is on the shoulders of Fujinami, uh, and get and someone gets tossed and he does a moonsault off of the shoulders. Yes, uh, it, it's just crazy. Oh yeah, but a moonsault body slam off the shoulders. Yeah, yeah. While holding a guy, the physicality it's, in that match um, was. Yeah, uh, Iska gets his face broken. Yeah, these guys beat the shit out of each other. It was a very physical, stiff match. I enjoyed it. Yes. Um, And then all of a sudden, hey, 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 the format has changed for this show. Jim Ross is in a condensed studio area, not the big fake-out ring that we usually get with Jason Hervey and uh, 
the guy from Alabama and the guy from Headbangers Ball <laughs> and so on and so forth. Jim Ross is here pimping out the Steiners in front of like what seems like a green screen. Um, and the Steiners are going to go against the Dangerous Alliance tonight in the main event. Ooh, that'll be good. See, yeah. this is what we're talking about. The dynamics of actually using guys. Yep. And the Steiners hadn't been on WCW TV for quite some time in terms of having a, um, a, a marquee match on Saturday night, at least as far as we've covered. I know that they had a match a few weeks prior against Tracy Smothers and Richard Morton. But other than that, they were kind of, uh, you know, put on the back burner a little bit in the early coverage of our uh, Weekend Warriors concept. Yeah, this is the time where uh, Steiners, Vader, Sting, and a couple other guys are bouncing back and forth to New Japan. Okay. Uh, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, Terry Bam Bam Gordy are going to all Japan as well, back and forth. Um, just a lot of working agreements. So the time is spread out between your guys, which I don't mind mm -hmm. as long as the guy's not getting hurt. Yep. Um, you know, spread it out. Spread the wealth. Like, I like John Moxley right now being in New Japan and all elite wrestling. Yeah. Um, that That's awesome. Um, all right. And I liked when Cody Rhodes was in ROH in New Japan. That was a good dynamic. You got him split up, you know? And they, they told story storylines paralleled in each promotion. You just focus on what the fuck you're doing for a little bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I agree. 100%. Uh, anyhow. Jim Ross tosses to Cowboy Bill Watts. That's his guest for the episode, at least for half of it. Bill Watts is the new president of WCW. Bill Watts here, an old-timer, huh? Yeah. Um, Bill Watts, this is my first introduction to Bill Watts as a kid. Didn't know who he was before this, um, but, you know, grown to know who he was, um, you know, following this stint in WCW. Um and this was this was a part of the show that I that I liked. Um, we kind of talked about it on our um, our past episodes, where at this time WCW was presenting their product as a sport, and they were kind of really sticking with the rules and keeping with the rules. Yeah. And Watts was kind of the new de facto um, t TV figurehead to. Um, enforce those rules and I thought the way it was set up was very well done and you could hear the enthusiasm in Watts's voice um, as he's delivered you could tell he was excited yeah, yeah exactly so I thought it came across really well with him and J with JR uh, he's so excited he has a clenched fist the whole time ready to fucking just punch somebody and ready to get right back into the ring yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, you, it's literally right by his chest he has a clenched fist like ready to punch somebody just look at the picture it's so fucking funny <laughs> yeah he's sitting there like talking all calm to Jim but he's like I'm ready to fucking fight uh, <laughs> Bill says TBS and wrestling they go together like peaches and cream and I've been here in the old days in the NWA. Me and Dusty Rhodes used to run the Omni. All right, cool. Dusty Rhodes and him. Sweet. Dusty Rhodes making a little comeback here soon. We'll see, maybe. Then, young pistol Tracy Smothers goes against the natural Dustin Rhodes. Speaking of Dusty's, uh, this match starts out hot. The tape quality is terrible, though. Um, and they weren't lying about having technical difficulties. We get some back and forth with these guys. A big elbow from Dustin like his daddy, daddy. Um, and then we get a big bulldog out of nowhere. He just came out of nowhere with that bulldog, which I liked. 
that's how a bulldog's supposed to be. You don't like set the guy up in the corner and like cheer to the fans and hold on to his head for fucking ever. Just bounce off the ropes and grab his fucking head and drive him into the mat. Yeah. One, two, three. The fans love it. Yeah, the guy didn't see. It. Yeah, Smother certainly didn't see it coming. Um, yeah, it was. Um, it, it was very quick and out of nowhere. Almost like almost like Randy Orton in the RKO. Yeah, it's it's the reverse RKO. Well, it's the original RKO. The RKO is the reverse bulldog in a way. Um, yeah, it's a cutter. So yeah, uh, yeah, you could make a bulldog work. Like a guy like Kofi Kingston. Imagine that. Like trouble in uh, bulldog, and then a guy gets up. Trouble in paradise. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Commercial and back. We are with Jim and Bill, the old timers. Uh, you got a lot of big news coming up for us, Bill. Bill says, yeah, it's good to be back with wrestling, where wrestling is wrestling. It's not a cartoon. And we have rules here. We're going to keep it in the ring. And he calls up Ole Anderson. And he says, I have good news, and I had bad news for Ole Anderson. Bill says that there's no more, uh, there's no one more suiting nowadays to be the senior referee than Ole Anderson. Wow. So Ole Anderson comes out and he, uh, he had some second thoughts, but he's going to be an enforcer of law and order. Wink, wink, the enforcer. Get it? Yes. Um, yeah. WCW is going to do something that's called wrestling. Wow. We're in 1992 buddy and they're talking about the difference of wrestling and entertainment do you see what i'm talking about here these are the origins of attitude oh yes oh yes um bill says there is no more padding around the ring wow so if anybody gets slammed it's on concrete and that's wrestling and that made me think like what are other things that you could say that that's wrestling like i, I cut a i cut an inch out of my forehead that's wrestling. <laughs> I uh, I ain't seen my kid in about six years. That's wrestling. <laughs> I uh, I'm skipping out on child support. That's wrestling. <laughs> I took a bunch of took a bunch of painkillers and don't know where the hell I am. And the room's bloody and uh, there's a dead hooker and Vince is calling me. That's that's wrestling. Here I got another one. I'll show up to the office in my Zubaz pants, my motorcycle Harley Davidson t-shirt, my cowboy boots, and my fanny pack with my gun because I like to intimidate people, and I pee off the balcony of my office. That's wrestling. That's wrestling. <laughs> R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Yeah. Wow. All right. Um, the I hope you guys enjoy this. I try to make this as fun as possible. Uh for everybody so i hope everybody can get a laugh out of this show we don't want to be too serious and yeah, too nerdy you can't here take shit too we, seriously. we give you some information some insight and then some comedy just like you people you can't take your wrestling too seriously when you watch it it's not you know like for real it's not fucking jim Cornette. yeah stop yeah please don't be like him don't be motherfucker like god damn yeah. you got this fucking guy shaking his ass in the motherfucking face and over here like God damn, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we go next to an all-American, Ron Simmons. Uh, here we go with this push. Immediately when Bill Watts came in, he was like, I'm going to push the black man. Um, his opponent is going to be Chris Sullivan. 
Ron Simmons has a picture-in-picture promo. Wow, this is a picture-in-picture promo for WCW stepping up their production work. One day, he's going to show all the people I'm the real deal. Damn! Yeah, well, he doesn't say damn, but he's the real deal. Anyways. (laughs) um, Here's a move you've never seen before and will probably never see again. Ron Simmons picks the guy up over his head and smashes down to his knees, but the guy lands gut first on the top of Ron Simmons' head. On the top of Ron Simmons' head. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Then we get a big sidewalk slam. One, two, three. The fans are loving it. And you can see the different dynamics of WCW fans to WWF fans. I mean, WWF is running like uh, southern states, but they're also running northeastern states. But these WCW fans are diverse. There's a lot of black and white fans mixed out throughout the crowd. You know, it's a little different than the WWF fan base at the time. Oh, yeah. It's, In my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, Southern. Um, and they, I've always said this from watching shows over the years, but um, Southern wrestling fans are the most passionate wrestling fans. Um, and they are the kind of wrestling fans that they like their good guys and they'll cheer them and they will boo their bad guys. They're not like, you know, us assholes here in the Northeast that, you know, think we're so fucking smart that we're a part of the show. We know better than the show. And, you know. Yeah, you just... guys up there in the Northeast. Yeah. No, for real. You know. Like... <laughs> Not me in Maryland in the. We're, we're South, North. Oh, okay. Oh, so now, oh, so now you fucking pass that Mason Dixon line. Now all of a sudden, yeah. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, you're so. Oh, okay. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go down south to fucking Maryland. Yeah. Because everyone says we're gonna go down the South Maryland. They recognize Maryland as the fucking South. Yeah. Okay. I remember that one. Yeah, I remember that one when football season comes up and they're 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 previewing the Ravens game and it's like yeah, we're gonna go down south. Yeah, the NFC East down south with the Ravens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Whatever you say, pal. Yeah. You want to fucking? Yeah. I was I was ready to I was ready to jump on a grenade for you earlier. And now when it's time for me to fucking take a bullet, all of a sudden you're fucking MIA, nowhere to be found. No, it's all good. Don't worry about it. We're good, man. We're good. Totally good. Yeah. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Promotional consideration <laughs> paid for by the following. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, shit. good episode. All right. Yeah, it, it's just the compassion, like you said. The, the people down there, they are into it. Um, not to say that the Northeastern fans or the, the California, like, uh, Western-based fans are aren't but it's a different it's not as much love and compassion like yeah. you said these these southern fans will fucking die for it. oh yeah like those diehard impact fans that stuck around with tna still you know yep yeah no you're, you're no you're absolutely right um i will say this um the difference between fans down south past maryland by the way and fans <laughs> up north past maryland um, <laughs> the the fans down south, like I said, they 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 want to just be engaged and enjoy the show, cheer the good guys, boo the bad guys, and just have a good time, be entertained, shit like that. Yeah. Fans in the north, the northeast, 
you know, we 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 want all of that, but Northeast wrestling fans are loyal to a point where they'll go see any kind of wrestling, whether it's good or bad. And case in point, um, the the two times WrestleMania came to this area um, in in New Jersey, just the one recently back in April, and then the one in 26, uh, 2013. I was at that one in New Jersey in twenty thirteen, and they had a legit sellout that night. Um, and that show was not the greatest. Uh, but, you know, fans in the Northeast will support their WWE or their wrestling. Um, and they did the same thing at this most recent one, too. Um, you know, full house or close to a full house, I should say, for WrestleMania 35, even though the card was nothing to write home about. So, yeah, um, yeah it was um, it was a that that's the difference between fans, you know, up north and fans down south. I think south. you could almost make an argument that all wrestling fans like that, though. There's down south like AJ Styles in Florida, and there's southern territories that run, and it's just like a gym, you know, like thirty yeah. people showing up, and they just they're they're diehards. They just want to see some wrestling yeah. and get out of okay. their, their small town. Yeah, you could make an um, argument for that. It, but up up upstate, I think there's a wider variety of taste yes. is what you might be okay. might be saying. Oh, um, good point. Like you know, it. like uh, up upstate we can enjoy comedy wrestling. We can enjoy the the beret, the burresque, burrasque? What's the fucking what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't know. Breast? No, the like um like drag bra I don't know, like drag wrestling or like bar wrestling or, you know, just different types of wrestling over here. Okay. Everybody is enjoying like indie wrestling, the the top stuff. But yeah, down south, they like one type of certain wrestling and that's wrestling. Yeah. You know, uh, I think I think that's that's the dynamic, the key dynamic there. Um, <clears throat> all right. Ready to move on. Yes. Please. Let's get Let's back to wrestling because that's wrestling. <laughs> Uh, we go to uh, a significant member of wrestling, Lance Russell, with Eric Bischoff. And I told you last week I was not happy with this role that they have, Lance Russell, because he is perfect. He is the guy that should be there with Jim Ross every fucking week, running everything down, giving you the information, just telling you. Uh, I don't know what it was. That would have been that an interesting just, duo. Yeah. Um, we get the rundown from Eric and Lance about the NWA tag tournament brackets. But it's interesting. Eric Bischoff got all this time to work with guys like Lance Russell, Vern Gagne. You know, he got all this yes. tutelage. Um, so some members of <clears throat> the Dangerous Alliance may have to face each other in the second round if Bobby Eaton and Arn Anderson beat Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes, that will happen. Wow. So Bobby Eaton and Arn Anderson, two guys who are in the Dangerous Alliance, with Dangerous Alliance, which is kind of fizzling out. And we talked about Windham kind of uh, being a little aggressive and Rhodes um, kind of getting his own little streak going and they're a tag team as well. Seeds are being sown. This is long-term booking. Yeah, and this is this is another layer to the 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 collapse of the Dangerous Alliance. Like I said, it started with Zabisco, 
Um, and then I think you kind of, you know, maybe we'll see some more development in the next few weeks. But we talked about it last week with Austin interfering mm-hmm. in the in the main event, costing Ar- Arne Anderson the TV title, even though that Paulie didn't really touch upon it. Um, but now you have the uh, you know the the the, the two mem- the, the two teams representing the Dangerous Alliance that could potentially face each other. Just another um, indication that uh, that. That the dangerous alliance will eventually implode, which I thought was yeah. I, th- I thought it was a nice little um, you know backstory in the tournament, um, you know to kind of add you know the the the, the storyline element to it as opposed to just being like very sports themed sports centric like we've talked about even though that's good mm-hmm. and we like that you they know? interlace it they find a good happy medium exactly exactly that's where I was getting at uh, yeah no that's perfect. Um. Paul E. has a promo about, well, if the Dangerous Alliance faces each other, it'll be competitive. We like competition. We thrive on competition. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, then they go to a promo with Rude and Austin, and they completely cut the fuck out of Austin's first half of the promo because you can hear him going, Hiss! and then all of a sudden Rick Rude starts talking. So, yeah, maybe they cut this episode up. I think it might have been like an hour and a half episode that they like the tbs station was like nah fellas y'all got 45 minutes this week and they were like oh shit oh fuck that wouldn't and surprise it's, me it's bill watts's first week and he's like god damn it it's not my fault yeah. oh fuck that's wrestling <coughs> yeah that is wrestling that's wrestling um yeah because rick rude talks and doesn't let austin get a word out but like i said i think that's the latter half of the promo anyhow uh they talk about Lance Russell and Eric Bischoff, that is. They talk about the Steiners going against Hiroshi Hase and Akira Nogami, who I talked about last week, pivotal members of the New New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, promotion, Mm -hmm. as well as Hiroshi Hase, a pivotal member in Japanese society in general. Yes. Um, Then, next week, they'll be running down the top seeds of the tournament. Finally, it'll begin the week after that so sweet nwa tag team tournament going on meanwhile the steiners are the wcw tag team champions the fabulous freebirds are the u.s tag team champions i don't mind all the tag team titles because they do have a lot of tag teams that is a good point yeah three three tag teams and i mean you could list off you know you know tag teams galore between the steiners two teams from dangerous alliance freebirds Hase Nagame, Nagame uh, Wyndham Rose, yeah. Eaton Anderson. Uh, we could go Steen on and on. Nikita. DDP and uh, Wildfire Tommy Rich or DDP and Ricky Morton. Yeah. Um, Bagwell yeah. and Z Man. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they, had, they, had, they, had, they had a, a, a good mixture of tag teams. Well, in. it's. Well, it's also like we talked about originally on Marking Out the Days. They have a good dynamic of setting the guys, their single guys up with tag teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have that way of telling a story that progresses yeah. where a guy can be in a tag team and still have a single storyline match going. You know, that it's not like he's he's only in the tag team. God damn it. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I'm right with you there. Yeah, that's Uso one. He'll never be <laughs> anything else but Uso one. Is this fucking Dr. Seuss book over here? I don't know. Uso one, Uso one and Uso two. Hopped on Rikishi's ass for a few. <laughs> you know. All right. 
And then after he farted, he said, be you. (laughs) And this is the family of the Iowahuahuahis. The annoying family. The annoying family. The The annoying family. More like annoying, goddammit. We go to a commercial and come back. It's the super invader with Harley Race going against Harley Race. Sorry. Harley Race. Harley Race is what? <laughs> going against Johnny Rich. Race gets on the mic and says, Super Invader, he's we're coming for Sting, and Vader will be back too. We're yeah, where's Vader? For Sting and his yeah, WCW he... World Heavyweight Championship. I need yeah, to smoke he's... another Salem to finish this fucking promo. Pretty much, and he he's like, you can hide your ribs for only so long, because I'm going to eat your ribs soon. Who got the spare ribs? I'm going to turn it into a big bucket of chili and pour all the hot sauce <laughs> in it after I eat all your fucking ribs, and then I'm going to kick out of your finish. I'll move. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Her he killing, says... I mean, super invader. <laughs> Super Invader and uh, Vader will be coming back soon. The actual Vader himself, which I think he's doing some time right now in New Japan and All Japan, traveling back and forth. So uh, good stuff. Like I said, we, these guys are absent for a little bit, but they still keep them in the story. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, they they they, they make you they make you remember. They don't. You know, they're certainly not forgotten. Yeah, we go to the WCW magazine then after Super Invader crushes his opponent. Um, it's with Eric Bischoff, and it's the stupidest thing because it's the magazine, but it's a television thing, but they're pimping it out. And like you said, they they do have a WCW magazine, which I would love to uh, have all that stuff, man. I used to have duffel bags, duffel bags full of um wrestling materials and magazines and um uh yeah go ahead if 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 you're looking to collect some again or some that were your favorites when you were a kid um i know that you and i kind of briefly talked about possibly you coming up to visit um and later this summer i'll take you to a place that has a bunch of those old magazines um yeah you'll 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 be like holy shit but yeah no, i'll take you to this place that, that has a rest that's a a wrestling uh it's a it's a card shop but they have a wrestling room and it's pretty big and they got the mag they got they got the magazines there they got the toys they got memorabilia they got some pretty cool stuff that you definitely dig and would definitely check out i actually have a buddy of mine too that has a whole trunk full of them as well that he keeps but i think he's got from like 93 on i don't think he has anything um anything uh before that so, but like the older ones, like from like the eighties and the early nineties, man, yeah, cool stuff. And they got the, I have a, in my studio, um, the official programs of, uh, a couple of, uh, old pay-per-views like SummerSlam 1990, uh, Royal Rumble 92 and 93, got them hanging up. The, they even have some of the old pay-per-view programs there, which is pretty cool. Um, uh, so yeah, I'll definitely take you there one time. You can, uh, stock up on your, uh, wrestling magazine collection. They're only like five or six bucks a piece. So, but yeah, the magazine, uh, WCW, they had one, uh, but they did a poor job of promoting it, um, on every episode of Saturday night. But, um, yeah, they, they just pretty much ran down the card for beach blast again, the same card as it was last week. There was no changes and they didn't really, um, 
you know, kind of you know, further hype this show um, any more than they already have throughout the course of this program. So, yeah, uh, also in WCW magazine, they they talk about some rules that are set for WCW, some new rules here. Huh? This is interesting. Yeah, I mean, um, some of the rules, like the no off the top rope, um, and they still have a light heavyweight division. I hated that as a kid, um, especially, you know, I was a big flying Brian Pillman fan, and he couldn't jump off the top rope. Like, I thought that was stupid. I always thought... Yeah, it gives limits to those guys. Yeah, but for a light heavyweight division, I don't know. I just didn't think it was... I didn't think it was appropriate there. And then even um, mm-hmm. the throwing the guy over the top rope out to the floor. Like, you're promoting a false count anywhere match, but in the standard match, you can't throw a guy over the top rope. Like, Well, well they haven't signified that yet oh, about okay. the o- over-the-top rope. He says, intentionally running your opponent into the railing or into the post. Oh, okay. So, I was mistaken. So there's no top rope maneuvers so far. Okay. And your opponent cannot be nailed into the railing or into the post intentionally. Also, at the beginning of the hour, he did say, we're going to keep everything in the ring, but they haven't declared no over-the-top rope uh, thing. Okay, my mistake. Yeah. My mistake. So, However, um, you can yeah. take the mats off the floor and let the guys body slam each other on the floor. That's fucking cool, though, Get right? that CTE, baby. Yeah, get that hit, because that's wrestling. <laughs> that's wrestling yeah and then you're right the beach blast card is coming up next week they lo- they run down everything going on a lot of hot matches on this card and woohoo we're gonna see some tits right that's right because that's wrestling titties and titties and titties and body slams that's wrestling it is in wrestling yeah uh titties and they pimp they pimp medusa and missy hyatt um and they recap what happened last week eric bischoff says Kids, if you didn't miss it, tell your parents to get the fuck out of the room. <laughs> um, no, he doesn't say that, but he basically insinuates that. Yeah, pretty and much, damn it, yeah. Doug Dillinger, he ruined everything. Yeah, Doug Dillinger. Yeah. That motherfucker ain't gotten laid in a long time. He's fucking with all of our boners. You know, trying, Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Johnny B. Bad is going to be the master of ceremonies at Beach Blast for the bikini contest. Oh, man. Eric Bischoff's like, he's one lucky man. Yeah, the only man they can trust. Uh, Eric says, some guys have all the luck. You mean the close gay friend? Yeah, that's Johnny B. Bad. (laughs) Fucking fool. Yeah, Uh, oh man. Sting is also the sexiest wrestler leading the polls in the WCW magazine. Okay. Because that that face paint gets a lot of women... I guess so. Oh, we go to a commercial and back. It's Jim Ross with Cactus Jack and a crate. What's the significance of the of the crate here, Cactus? Well, I want Sting to take a good look at something that belongs to you. These are your ribs. You can lie and say you're 100%, but I'm not sure you're ready for the false count anywhere. Up and down the Gulf Coast. Admit the fear in your eyes. I'm Cactus Jack. And these are your ribs. And this is your future. And Cactus Jack falls on the crate head first. He misses the crate completely by, like, I mean, he hits the last little half and then thuds his face straight into the ground. This has been replayed on Botchamania many times. 
oh my god he gets concussed right here yeah and he he bounces right back up and falls right down to his feet because he can't stand up way to go Mick Foley smashing your face full force into the ground yeah it was uh, I mean what did he think was gonna happen yeah even if he went through the crate I mean, I guess the crate was going to cushion the blow, but still, I don't know. It was, I mean, I, honestly, I really don't know. I really don't know. It was, I mean, I guess he was trying to sell the, 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 the violence factor that was going to, you know, take place in this match with Sting, but yeah. I, 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 I'm Sting, Sting com- that one too. Sting comes out and he looks at him like, you fucking idiot. Yeah, you're a weirdo. Yeah, <laughs> and then oh my god, folks! It's Sting and DDP in 1992. Yeah, wow. think about that for a minute. Yeah, because those two, because those two hooked it up a number of times in the in the late 90s. Uh, yeah, but you know, seeing these two in '92, um, Sting was a big deal. DDP was a fucking nobody. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. He hadn't even started yoga yet. Yeah. He was real life. He hadn't because you can see the weight and the thickness of him. And oh, yeah. uh, I know he said he started around 92, 93, I think. Oh, OK. Um, so, yeah, this will be interesting to see him swim yoga down. Was back, yoga was around back then in 92. Oh, yoga has been around for ages. Really? 50s, 60s, I think. I'm not. Yeah, even I mean, yoga is been around way longer than that. What am I even talking about? Yoga is like an agent, like Asian thing. Uh, damn, I, I feel stupid. I am not a smart man. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I, I feel We're here stupid. to try to educate oh people God. about wrestling, yeah. not yoga. <laughs> That's why we have a wrestling podcast, folks. I didn't know uh, that there was this thing called the yogas. Yogas. <laughs> I didn't know that they did this move where you put your leg over your head and then you yell, hey, Jenna. Uh, <laughs> Mama said there was nothing like stretching. Yeah. Mama said life is like a downward dog. <laughs> never know who's going to come fuck yeah, you. Yeah, never know and who's going to come get up in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that's one of the funniest parts of that movie and in any movie. Yeah. I think the principal fucking his mom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your, your mom sure does love you, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we go back to the match with Sting and DDP. It's arm drag city here. And how does Co- Cactus Jack even get to the table to commentate after this? It's Cactus Jack and Jim Ross. Bill Watts is gone. I like this little uh, switch up of guest people, though. It's it's not bad. Yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, and also, it just kind of made sense um, considering that, uh, you know, Cactus and, uh, you know, Cactus had the, the, the promo earlier. Sting came out. You know, just it made sense for him to stay out there and and watch the match. Um, I was kind of expecting a a physical confrontation between the two, but I'm glad we didn't get to see that because then I wouldn't. No, he's probably too concussed. Yeah, (laughs) Cactus Jack probably forgot that part. What was I supposed to do? do? (laughs) Let me just move my wooden crate out of the way. Uh, we get a Scorpion Deathlock and a submission move for the wind and the World Heavyweight Champion wins. Fucking wow. thank God. Uh, 
then we get a recap of that fall again from Cactus Jack. I bet you everybody in the back is fucking cracking up like, ha, ha, ha. like, oh, my God, this is hilarious. Hey, just to think, in a couple months, some guy's going to fucking fall through the wall. <laughs> yeah. All right. They go to a commercial and come back. It's Bill Watts. Uh, thoughts of Cactus Jack. He says, oh, well, um, and he just trails off, doesn't say anything about Cactus Jack. He says uh, he's going to enforce the rules here, and these rules are the rules, and the rules is going to stay, basically. Okay. Rick Rude then has a promo about the Iron Man match coming up with Ricky Steamboat at Beach Blast for 30 minutes. It's going to be a 30-minute Iron Man match which I can't get behind anymore. I need that hour. I need that hour, man. Yeah. I mean, the hour The hour makes it more dramatic, uh, but at the same time, um, depending on who the two workers are, um, 30 minutes might be... 30 minutes might be a nice, like, I don't know, teaser, I guess you could say. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, got, we, I think I've talked with you about this before. I've not... I was not the biggest fan of... Um, Sean and Brett from WrestleMania, the Iron Man. She was bored with it. Mm -hmm. Didn't really like it. After you, I think it was you and I that had this conversation. Um, and I, I decided to watch it in full, not fast forward through it, not skip over it. I was like, I'll watch this whole thing. And I got into it. I really did. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great match. Um, but it depends on who the workers are. Not everyone can do an Iron Man match. So I think 30 minutes is a good like teaser test for you to see if, depending on who the guys are doing it, to see if you can go the full 60 minutes. I agree. That's a good one. Um, nonetheless, this was a good match. We will see. Um, we'll talk about it next week. Um, yes, we will. Rick Rude says... I ain't been to bed since 1972. Well, so as sleeping purposes goes, <laughs> yeah. Medusa cracks up yeah. and turns away. Yeah, she she like has rolled, to be like, yeah, oh, my she God. Like had a, she sold that pretty well, too. <clears throat> yeah, so he's been fucking hard since 1972. And what, about, the what about his comment towards Bonnie Steamboat? He called her a sea hag? I can only imagine what that... Sea hag? I can only imagine what that means in 1992. Yeah, and... Uh, Ricky Steamboat, what about Bonnie and your little lizard? His son, his little lizard, uh, Richie, the little lizard. It makes sense, everybody. the dragon, you know. Yeah, I know. But who's going to support them when you're gone? Wow, wow. So we're killing motherfuckers now. Like, this is like the mob, you know? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they fucking, they took his nose, now they're going to take his life. Yeah. And he's, you know, Rick Rude's getting him fitted for some cement sneakers. <laughs> Uh, then all of a sudden the Steiner's out, but they're like entering the ring. So you're right. This episode is like cut up like really quick. Yeah. They have the WCW tag team titles on. They're going against Arn and Stunning Steve. That's Arn Anderson and Stunning Steve out with Paulie Dangerously, part of the Dangerous Alliance. Steiner Scott, that is, uh, misses a huge spear and goes flying through the ropes after Arn Anderson ducks and he spills to the outside onto the concrete that's already coming into play. He looks hurt here. That looked pretty nasty. Yeah, yeah, no, it did. You could hear that, like, that smack on the floor. Um, you, you felt it when you were watching it. I got 
33 and one third chance of breaking my fucking hip. <laughs> um, Ole is the ref in the match, and he's consistent with his count. What do you think? He was calling it down the middle. Um, I mean, yeah, I, for for his first outing as a referee, uh, it wasn't bad, to say the least. And um, I thought that, like you said, the counts and um, his mannerisms as a referee, like he played it straight. It was it was it was pretty good considering. And you know, you know what I liked about that about his interactions in the match too is that you know he was he was just as hard on the baby faces as he was on the heels. Um, yes, but Bill Watts brought it up on commentary, saying Ole was doing a great job considering that he had to, you know, be straight laced and call the match down the middle with one of his former tag team partners involved in the match, referring to Arn Anderson. Continuity, continuity yes, is key, indeed. and I thought that was pretty good. Ah, oh, man, it's so good. Uh, we get a hot tag made from Scott to Rick. That's rare. Uh, because remember, Rick started wrestling first, and he was the veteran that brought in his little brother Scott, mm-hmm. and Scott was nothing. Correct. Um, and Rick was Rick was the popular guy that was over. Um, and still to this, I mean, in 1992, sake he's he's pretty much he's is a little more popular than Scott. I mean, people are behind Scott, but they're like, yeah, you don't have all the you don't have all that charisma that Rick does talking to a little doll or something and some other shit and woofing and being called the, the, uh, uh, what's that? The fucking dog face gremlin. And he had the hand puppet too, right? It wasn't. Yes. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Doll. Yeah. Yeah. Same so thing. he had a lot of, he had a lot of charisma. Um, so yeah, it makes sense that Scott, the, uh, fresher one of the two tags in Rick to get the hot tag here. Steiner line to Steve Austin. They get up on their feet. And Rick goes for an elbow drop, but uh, Austin kicks his elbow, which which is nice. It's a good counter. They get up and brawl. Rick s- tags Scott. Ole didn't see the tag, though. Then Arn tags Steve, and Ole didn't see that tag either. So you're right. He's being fair. He's being right down the middle. Yeah. Then we Then we get Rick doing a sunset flip, which I titled a dog face flip. One, two, three, he pins Steve Austin. Wow. Good victory here. And in one week, uh, they will meet, the Steiners, that is, they will meet Terry Gordy and Dr. Death, Steve Williams, at Beach Blast, which is going to be a hard fucking hitting match. But nonetheless, the Dangerous Alliance pick up a loss here. So they lose again with more confusing stuff going on because they tried to take advantage in this match. Guys who uh, basically Steve Williams or Steve Austin caused Arn Anderson the TV title last week. So this week they kind of tried to cheat and got caught. And Steve Williams, Steve Austin, that is, I'm sorry, damn it. Stone Cold, God damn it. Uh, picked up the loss and took the vic- took the uh, pinfall. Yeah, I also yeah. think too that they were trying to um, build the Steiners up for the tag tournament because they hadn't been on TV Absolutely. in weeks. So uh, Dangerous Alliance, they had, you know it was it was easier for them to take the pinfall uh, loss because their team, their stable, has been kind of going through a rough spot since Wrestle War. So um, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was definitely more so um, about you know building the Steiners up as a even though they were already built up as credible 
threats and contenders in the tournament. Um, just, you know, kind of familiarizing them with the audience heading into the tournament, reminding them why they're one of the top seats. Absolutely. Jim Ross and Bill Watts sign off, and they say that Dusty Rhodes will be here next week. Holy shit, baby. Oh, damn, daddy. It's a new WCW. Let's see how it goes. Uh, so long, everybody. All right, that's it. That was the uh, this week's edition of Marking Out the Days. Dave, you want to take it away and give me your choices on uh, um, I'm either going episode? With Saturday night, even though it was condensed, um, I thought there was. Um, I liked it. That uh, yeah, I exactly. Me too. I was cool with it. Between Cactus and the 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 interaction with Sting a little bit, and the the main event. I thought it was a much better show and more action-packed than Superstars. Absolutely agree. Um, this was, it, like you said, uh, we had a lot of matches that we talked about last week, actually, on our episode for June 6th edition. Um, some of those matches were too long, um, you know, too slow in plotting, and then some of the matches on WCW Superstars were too quick. This... WCW Saturday Night found a happy medium. They were matches that were condensed uh, with hard-hitting technical aspects. And it made sense. It wasn't just a guy beating down another guy. Um, yeah, and it was it was a great episode leading into Beach Blast, too. Um, it wasn't a slacking episode just with a, filled with a bunch of promos mm-hmm. gearing up for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, this is a, well, this was a more well-rounded episode than Superstars, that's for sure. Absolutely. So WCW is six. WWF has one and one tie is lingering. So that has been our episode of Marking Out the Days. Hopefully everybody enjoyed it as much as I did. Dave, how you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. I, uh, um, you know, I, I, we had a lot of fun this week poking fun and, you know, not taking it so seriously. And I uh, hope you guys all enjoyed it, too. Yes, indeed, and you can always catch Dave at Kicking Out at Two. You want to run us down? Facebook.com forward slash Kicking Out at Two. We got King of the Ring trading places from last week. We have ECW One Night Stand 2005 Watch Party this week, as well as next week, our Wedding Crashers Countdown covering the top wedding crashing moments in wrestling history. You can find that over at SoundCloud.com, the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network over on Podbean, as well as our social media, Facebook.com forward slash Kicking Out at Two, and our Twitter handle at Kicking Out Two. Awesome, and you can always find us on Podbean, searching Retromania with a W. That's W-R-E-T-R-O-M-A-N-I-A. We are always on moleholeradio.com. Uh, the boys over there is, have been supporting Marking Out the Days. That's our flagship show over here, and we got all the extra stuff over on the network. That's Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, that is. You can find us on any podcast app by searching Retromania with a W, um, as well as joining in on the community at Facebook with us here. Um, you know, we share a lot of pictures and we update a lot frequently on there. Um, Retromania with a W on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, Retromania Pod. You can always write to us at Retromania Podcast at gmail.com and As always, I'm part of the hosting squad, Kobe, and for Dave, I am signing off. Everybody, so long.